Welcome to the Unbreakable and Fearless Podcast. I'm JC, current collegiate student athlete and owner of Unbreakable Female Athlete. Candice, current college coach and owner of Fearless and Capable. We are teaming up to bring perspectives as a coach and as an athlete that hit on topics and issues that we face as women in sport. Join us as we build on a friendship of more than 10 years and get real about what is happening. And how we can make tomorrow better for women in sports. What's up, everyone? Hey, JC, how are you? Good, how are you, Candace? I am good, but even better because our friend Jason Bells is going to join us today. Hey, Jason. Hey, what's going on? See you, the like cool, calm one here. Um, but things are oh, good. No, I'm nervous inside. <laughs> Don't be nervous. <laughs> I'm hiding it. I'm hiding it. Hey, you know what though? But being truthful about how we feel is a lot of what happens on this. So you're in a good space. And I do want to though ask JC, and I know probably if you don't mind um, sharing, I know how you're feeling, but how you feeling today, JC? You know, um, it's, it's, it's been a year. Um, I think I'm upset, but I'm also like, uh, I'm ready to roll. So for those that don't know, we just got off of big tens and Tuesday was the NCAA selection bid. Um, we were kind of like on the teeter, like bubble 50-50, go, not go. Um, we ended up not getting chosen. Frustrating because of all the work that we put in as a team and like how hard everyone trained. But the cool thing to see is that like two days later, everyone took, you know, two days of rest. And now everyone's like, let's get back at it. Like, let's train even harder and show them that they were wrong. So frustrating but i know we've got a really good year ahead of us yeah it sucks i was annoyed for you i was pissed for you um because i know that that bid selection process is is gut twirling and and wrenching especially as a college athlete and you think about everything that builds into this one little moment that can mean so much um but the fact that you know you like you as you and i were talking before everything you were supposed to have a what, a week off, you said? Yeah, we were supposed to have. So, you know, they do like seven days of you should probably do nothing. And then like two weeks of like in general, two weeks of just kind of taking it easy and like just enjoying life because we've been training since most of us have been training since like July, August. Um, So but it's just so hard, you know, like mentally it pisses you off and you know the work that everyone's put in and, you know, like the rankings, you just know your seconds off of each boat. So yeah, it's really frustrating, but it's, it's kind of exciting to see like how the team has rallied around and been like, all right, let's go then. Like, we'll prove them wrong. We'll do it again. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So Jason on that, <laughs> Jason yeah. is a part of uh, a process for so many athletes in that preparation, um, in the maintenance work, in the enhancement work of their, physical skill sets, but Jason's also a, an amazing male ally. And I've gotten to see that exact work, that effort, that conversation. He's one of the best listeners I have ever got to experience. Jason, you're an amazing listener. And I, I thank you for that as being able to have personal experiences um, with you working with direct athletes that I get to coach and, and teams. And so 
Um, I want to give Jason the chance to one, just say hi to the audience, give a little bit of background on what you do, AGY, make sure to give a shout out. Um, for sure, we're going to connect. Um, and I'll tell why his social media, in my opinion, is one of the best social media accounts you can follow. So I'll put that at the end. But Jason, welcome. Give, a, give us a little bit of like where you're at today and what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be a guest. I've listened to the podcast and I love it. And a little bit of me inside would be like, I would love to be a guest on that podcast. But then part of me, not part, a big part of me is like, but I don't belong on that podcast. Yes. Um, so, so when you invited me, I, I was, I was so excited um, because, you know, supporting women is is massive to me you know not just because you know hashtag girl dad um i think it started even even before having my daughter um and so yeah inside the gym here um it's been i want to say eight years now that we've been operating as a greater you agy performance um it actually started not with athletes I, I wanted, uh, you know, a post-college transformation is what got me into health and fitness. After I, you know, got done playing baseball in college, I was just left with, I don't know what to do now. This was, to me, like, for baseball, the exercise, the, the weightlifting portion 25, 30 years ago was more punishment than it was performance enhancement. We, we had to be at the, the gym for lifts at 5.30 in the morning so that we wouldn't go out and do anything stupid the night before, right? So there was no, like, educational piece to, like, hey, you, you want to play pro baseball. If you come in and do these things in the weight room, you're, you're going to be more robust. You're going to be able to throw harder. Um, there's going to be less stress on the body. There's none of that education piece. Yeah. So that's now that I'm in it. Because for so long, I, you know, for a decade, I just floated around this earth <laughs> doing things that, that weren't the healthiest. Um, and then was staring 30 right in the face. I was like, I've got to fix my life. Um, so that's kind of what my own journey that now is fueling this journey. Um, yeah, so that's a lot already. <laughs> no, it's um, not. It's. But it's truth. I mean, I think that's the part that everyone sometimes sees these people that are doing amazing things in terms of health and fitness and assume they were just this way their whole life. And there are, there's certainly individuals that, whether it was the role modeling or the environments they grew up in, have had a really strong structure, foundation, whatever word you want to use around how they approach health and fitness, how they approach themselves when it comes to health and fitness. But the truth, for a lot of people is like, hey, you know, this took some like real reflection and some real work to mm -hmm. sit down and go, I need to make some changes um, in what I'm doing and how I'm approaching things. And so Jason, it's, it's the truth bomb that people need to hear is that like, it's, it's not just a, ah, everything's great. And I got it. Like it's work. It's, it's time. And so uh, JC, if you're good, I'll, I'm going to throw um, a question to Jason and then, then I'll let you bombard him with yeah. questions. Um, throw it. He does throw it. He does a very good job. Um, Jason, why do you have 
an Instagram account that is so stinking inspiring by showing real athletes working hard and particularly showing them in motion and in strength and with all the facial expressions and all the muscles and all the just grit and hard work and particularly putting women in that type of look because we don't see that a lot on social media when I see women working out on social media from accounts oftentimes it's with makeup and hair done to to make sure they don't look too in quotes masculine or too sweaty or too gross in that world like you just show the raw athleticism why is that important that your social media accounts like the 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 viewpoint of the world into what you guys are doing is is something that's so crucial to how you represent yourself and AGY. Yeah. And I think that goes, that goes back to when I was training more gen pop, even than, than athletes. Um, it's because it is, it's messy. It's sweaty. It, it's hard work. It, it's all of that, that, you know, the athletes know. Right. But when I was working with gen pop, like you said, I think a lot of them just think it, it happens quick and the, there's, you know, not much effort involved for those who are, you know, those who look a certain way. Um, so I always, when I would look at accounts as motivation for me, I never looked at like the Jack dudes accounts. <laughs> that, that wasn't <laughs> something that, that inspired me because there was no way I was going to, that wasn't going to be my end result. So I always just sought out, like, who are the normal looking people? Who are the people that, you know, may have gone down the same road that, that I have as inspiration? So when I, you know, started taking photos and started using social media for the gym, whether it was, you know, gen pop then or athletes now is I want it to be the real motivation. So you know, a, a, you know, I know, I think a touchy subject for some young women would be like cellulite, right? Like mm-hmm. cellulite, bad. It's like, oh, that's just, that's just normal, natural human body. Um, and, and so, you know, trying not to shine over that stuff so that, you know, the next generation of athlete has this weird expectation of, you know, I, next generation will go my daughter i don't want my daughter to look at my social media and think that i have to look a certain way to be on social media or be accepted um so yeah it's just super raw put it all out there i love it i was i have two things one the whole cellulite thing Literally, I I relate to that as like a 21 year old. Like I was just looking at pictures that a photographer took of us while we were rowing. And I had said that I'm like, God, I hate. And this is a horrible. I don't know if anyone else. I know a lot of like girls on my team call it cottage cheese. Like We're like the cottage cheese legs, you know, and I'm like, I hate it. But like, it, it doesn't mean anything, you know, like it is normal. It's natural. It's human body. And like, it doesn't mean anything different. Like I've got strong, powerful legs. It's just. That is definitely something that I love that you're trying to tap into, like just being real, because as a female athlete, like that is actually of concern. So, but I wanted to go back to, okay. So again, as someone who's now coming up on their last year of being a college athlete, can you talk a little bit more about your transition from athletics into the real world? And like, 
just kind of elaborate more on that because that for me is something that like it terrifies me a little bit you know to like go from competing your entire life like with a team towards something and then just kind of sitting in this space of like what do I do now with the rest of my life yeah I I wish I had amazing words to inspire you and lead you to believe that it was going to be a smooth transition. Um, baseball was my identity. Um, and I don't often wish I had social media growing up because I think it's, I could not imagine being a teenager or even in college right now and having the pressures of social media. Right. But there are some great resources out there for this transition that I'm like, man, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known what I was doing in high school and then in college where I'm a baseball player. That's all I am. I am. I'm not smart. I don't have educational goals. I was never motivated and driven to go there. I was, I was lost then. I was just a baseball player. And so when baseball came to a unexpected crashing end for me, I was just like, what do I do? I, yeah. I'm a baseball player and now I can't play baseball. Um, and, and I think, you know, not having someone around me that had gone through that, right? Like I didn't know anybody that ever played college sports in central Iowa, where I'm from. My, my parents had not, you know, gone to college and could try to translate or help me through anything. Um, and so I think that's where the next, you know, eight, nine, 10 years of just losing, losing my health, you know, working, floating around the restaurant industry. You know, I, I learned a lot of valuable lessons in the restaurant industry that I think helped me here as far as communicating with different people, reading different people. So I think there's benefits in it, but mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a big dark side of the restaurant industry. Um, and unfortunately I, I fell into that dark side for, for a while, which led to then me looking at 30 being like, Oh my God, I, I may die before I'm 40. I am not in good health. Um, and so, so I don't know, I wish I had the, Hey, this is do this thing and it'll all be good. Um, you know, I would say to some of the college kids that I've talked with about, like, just try to find, like, what do you, what is it that you love about the sport, right? If it's about, you know, just being around others and competing, you know, as much as I don't love CrossFit in a lot of ways, that community and that effort that is put in together, like that could really, I think, benefit someone that's in that team environment loves being around and competing with other people mm-hmm. helping create that bridge um so that you don't get as lost as i did um yeah and we'll be right back to our show i'm jc hall founder of unbreakable female athlete llc and current student athlete on the university of iowa women's rowing team According to a study done by Always, of more than 1,000 girls aged 16 to 24, 67% of them exclaim they feel society does not encourage girls to play sports. That's why I created Unbreakable Female Athlete. At Unbreakable Female Athlete, we work to educate, inspire, and empower girls all over the world, utilizing branded apparel. Overall, we work to cultivate a group of female athletes amongst the world under one message, Unbreakable. 
You can find our branded apparel on www.unbreakablefemaleathlete.com or Instagram at unbreakablefemaleathlete underscore. Now back to our show. Yeah, 100%. That's, that is something that sometimes I, I think about is like, where do I transition like the values? Because like, as I identify as I feel like a rower and sometimes I feel like all I identify as a rower and it's difficult to like get out of that cycle and then think how daunting it is that the future is coming and what's next, but having something like transition, knowing that you can transition the teamwork, the partnership, the values of, you know, competing for something into whatever's next in your life is I think good to know and like exciting that people can still, you know, compete for something and, and have something greater than, you know, themselves. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, you have, I, you work with such a variety of athletes, right? I mean, you've worked with mm-hmm. kids as young as my daughter at, you know, nine or eight. And, and then, you know, we see not to call out, but pro athletes like Graham Zusi, you know, we see Casey current players, you have pro athletes in your facility. And so this wide range of athletes that you get to experience and work with, uh, I think one of the reasons that I don't think I know one of the reasons I continue to recommend you to people is because you do have this amazing ability to be a people first coach, mentor, trainer, you know, whatever hat you put on that moment. Um, you yeah. know, and I, why, why do you see that as so valuable to getting the most out of these athletes? I mean, really for a lot of these athletes and, and namely those collegiate athletes that are coming through the doors, the pro athletes, I mean, they're there to get better, but I see laughter. I see smiles. You know, I know the experience my athletes have when they come into your facility, like they're working hard, but they are enjoying it. Why, why do you think that is so crucial to actually enhancing and improving is that element of fun and people and, and seeing them as who they are. Yeah, I, it's important to me again, going back to how everything was made to feel like punishment playing, right? Bad game, go run, bad start, go run. Um, it, it was, it was never enjoyable. And I think back to my experience that if, if the coach could have taken the work that was necessary, but packaged it up in a way that didn't so much feel like work as it did play or fun um, or enjoyable competition, I probably would have done more of it. Right. Um, And, and, you know, where, where could I have gone if, if I would have done more work, right? Like I could throw the baseball pretty hard. I look back now, I'm like, man, if I would have had this and a coach like me, I would have thrown it way harder. I would have been, you know, I probably could have gotten paid to play baseball, although like very little being in the minor leagues, but like that was, that was my life, life goal. Um, and so, you know, knowing that, knowing where I came from, again, nobody, nobody around me growing up was a professional baseball player or played at the highest level. So I didn't have anybody to call me on my crap and be like, Hey, you say you want to be a pro baseball player, but 
you really haven't done anything about baseball for the last two months. Um, granted, because Central Iowa, you can't really play baseball when it's 20 degrees outside over the winter. Um, but there was still no, I wasn't going into the gym lifting, right? So um, I just, with this, it's important to me, I look at it as like creating what I feel like I would have excelled in. And that's just the positive the positive environment, the upbeat, the, the coaches getting to know me, not just looking above us as this is the result we need. I don't really care for you as a human. I'm looking at the collective and I'm just going to yell and push you until we get results. And that just never worked for me, you know, fun, laughter, competing like that was that makes it enjoyable i don't know i feel like i answered that did i yeah yeah okay I like did. that's yeah. that's how i i totally think that like and that's an environment that i thrive in and we've talked about that a bit on the podcast is like i feel like i've been bo- in both environments i've been in one environment where it was never about fun it was just about the results and now i'm in an environment where Obviously we get the work done, but like Mm -hmm. we package it up in a more fun and diverse way, not just sitting on one machine the whole time, like finding different ways to cross train. What would you say, have you seen in terms of results? Do you see better results with that type of training? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got our, you know, it's not a leaderboard because everybody, everybody has their name up there. Um, and like that, that's important to me too, again, cause we're not just trying to train the best. I don't, I don't want some kid putting their worth on, this is where I fall relative to the fastest at the gym. Like every athlete has their name on the board, their first ever testing number, whether it's 20 yard sprint, five, 10, five, you know, vertical jump, broad jump, whatever we're testing up there, they get their number. And then every time they beat it, they get their new record put up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's part of it, the fun and getting to see that. So yeah, as we have all these athletes coming in, their their new records are getting broken, you know, monthly. They love that. Um, we used to be super like so. If we think of our field sessions, so sometimes, well, not sometimes, a lot of times, we spend a lot of time out with um, youth teams and mostly on the girls' side. Um, I think they, I don't know if I should say the coaches value, maybe they, maybe they realize what is at stake as far as the injury risk potential for ACLs, as yeah. we kind of talked about earlier, um, more than the guys. So we spend a lot more time working with the girls teams. And so starting five years ago, when we first went out with our first teams, I was super technical. I was super like, we're going to do nerdy stuff and I'm going to teach you angles and we're going to talk about extensions and glutes and quad and everything was like very similar to what we did in here, but it was a little stuffy. Right. And then starting to see, you know, how are the, are the kids buying in? Are they enjoying it? And it just became this reflection of, okay, could I, could I get extension 
but make it a game. Like we're going to see who can jump the farthest four times, right? That works on extension, but that's fun rather than me being like, okay, get down on one knee. We're going to get this angle in our ankle. And then I want my, your knee just like, yeah, like, like, old man, stop. This isn't, this isn't fun. So, so yeah, they, the results have definitely gone up once we've repackaged it, retaken, you know, take a new look at what, what is, what is number one, right? Like to me, it's a lot of, if a kid, like if a, if a young athlete comes to me and they're like, they already know I want to play in college. I feel like part of my job is making sure that they still love the process to play in college because we have had um, kids from that team five years ago that, you know, they were, you know, 10, 11, 12. Now they're starting to get into high school. They're freshmen in high school. And there's two girls specifically that their goal was they're both going to go to UCLA because they're best friends. They're going to play at UCLA. They were going to be on the national team. Um, and then, you know, life got busy. We didn't train them for a couple years. Year and a half ago, one of them came back in to see us. I'm like, so still UCLA, still national team. Like, where are we? And she's like, I don't even know if I want to play in college. My body hurts so bad. I'm like, that sucks. Like, I think that's a product of probably the surfaces that they play on and how many games we're, we're playing as kids now. So, you know, not all of it was just she lost the love, but, you know, if the process could be more enjoyable, you know, could she, could we not lose the athletes who are just like, man, this, I can't even imagine doing four more years of this crap, right? Yeah. It's, it's not enjoyable. So, so that's a big part of what I think too, is we got to, if they want to play in college, not only get them there from a physical capability standpoint, but do you, do you still want to continue to, to be involved in the process? But I think that goes into it, Jason, the, the fact that we have brought what this intense college environment is. I mean, the three of us play or one still in college athletics, it is demanding. Mm -hmm. And if it's a, you're a big, important part of our identity, right? I mean, Jason, our environments sound more similar than what JC's experiencing currently. What JC was previously experiencing sounded a whole lot more like our environments as we were in that space, but it's demanding. It is a huge piece of your identity for a reason. It's time, it's energy, it's your own reflections, whether you like it or not, that are happening, you know, outside of no one when you're supposed to be studying, you know, you're trying to think about your performance, you're comparing yourself, you're trying to compete at yourself and, and with yourself. But we've brought that into the youth ages, but we're not doing the holistic stuff that if we actually took three games away and we put in more Jason Bells, we put in more mental health things, we put in a more holistic approach that gave this access to really developing the whole person. I think they can come into collegiate environments and just like we're both, you know, Jason, I, I, I feel that sentiment of what could I have been? If my environments were different, you know, for me, yeah, weight gain after college, I was like, I hate running. I, cause everything was, you're slow. This is always a punishment. You're always doing more cause you're not enough. You're not enough that it, mm -hmm. the weight gain was like, screw it. I just now finally have the ability to not have somebody judge me and, and went off the rails. And that piece of 
finally, you know, mine was in, I mean, this honestly is coming in the last five years is going, I'm, I'm okay with who I am. I want to be healthier. I want to be better, but I'm also okay with who Candace is. But that was later part of the thirties heading into forties that that moment happened, but we brought it so young We're, we brought these demands on the body when the body's not ready for it. The mind's not ready for it. The social aspect's not ready for the demands of a college pro environment. But for some reason, we feel the preparation has to mimic that at such young ages. And so, you know, Jason, I know you have been, you have been outspoken. You have asked questions about what you see, because you come in in this really cool, unique, fun way and you run great you know, exercises and sessions with these, these athletes, I see it, I witness it. And then, you know, they're handed off into these coaching environments to then work on the the sport side, right? The soccer side or the, you know, whatever sport they're into. And, you know, sometimes those environments are not necessarily holistic in their approach. They value what you do, but they're not necessarily approaching the other things. So where do you see, and this is a loaded question, but like, where do you see the absolute, not the absolute, I shouldn't use that because that makes it seem so finite, but what are the in routes to getting more coaches to understand the holistic benefits of taking a little bit more time, maybe off the specific sports stuff, bringing in things like AGY into their communities, bringing more mental health, bringing people first conversations, because the three of us know the importance of that and wish we all had more of that coming into the college environment and going, that's actually the in route to having a good college experience or a good, you know, advanced athletic experience. What are the in routes to getting people to listen to that, to hear that more often at the younger ages? Dang, that is an amazing question. Um, and I, I wish I had the answer too, right? Cause then we'd be, we'd already be there. Um, and so I feel like to me, the best, the way I'm trying to go about it is to highlight the voices that are saying it in a way, in a way that I deem better than I am. Um, you know, sharing social media posts, stuff like that. Um, but then also, you know, when I do get to have, you know, I enjoy, connecting with the coaches that we work with, um, having coffee and, you know, just ask, asking questions of them. Where are they at? What, what are they starting to think about? Um, being there, you know, when we have the sessions with the athletes on the field before they go over to their soccer coaches, you know, the technical work you know, being, letting them know, you know, what, what it could feel like, you know, what, you know, for, so especially like kiddos that, you know, are injured, right? Like that's, that's a big thing for me. If we, if we see a kiddo that's injured, complaining of big time hip pain, big time knee pain, just being like, and okay, so why are you, why are you out here? today like why why are you doing this um and then if it's you know well because i have to no you don't no you don't you think you do the 
the people around you have made you led you to believe that you have to, but you don't have to be right. Like you can, you should be able to raise your hand and be like, this thing is really bothering me to the point where I'm not productive and I'm scared I could become more injured. Um, and at that point, if, you know, the, the athlete we're in front of still doesn't believe that it's possible, I will say like, I'm willing to go over to your coach with you and explain why you're not going to practice tonight. And, you know, it's this, it's this hip, but just so you know, coach, if she keeps playing on this hip, it could be this knee, it could become this ankle. Like we don't know what's going to happen. And this one practice or the next week of practices, it's not worth it to me. And I, from my end, I guess I, I will always err on the side of being too safe. And, and maybe that's weak-minded of me these days. Um, but I'd rather, I'd rather you, you sit out and, and not push and Hey, we'll, we'll make it up on the back end, right? Like when you're healthy, you're going to, you're going to play, you're going to be able to play at a level that you aren't currently right now. Um, and I know I was going to go somewhere else. I had a gem and I lost It'll come it. To you. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. So, Oh, go, go. Sorry. So, so where I go to is when I do talk to coaches about me being erring on the side of caution, it, it comes up the, but what if the athlete's faking, right? Like, what if I feel like the athlete's not telling me the truth? Like they're not really injured. They're just trying to get out of practice. And kind of my response to that is like, okay, that's on them right? Like it's on them and on you. If they're faking to get out of practice, maybe you need to do some self-reflection of what am I doing to make this athlete not want to be part of practice? Or it needs to be like, well, okay, if I'm, if I truly believe I'm doing everything right, then it's going to be, okay, what's, what's up with the athlete? What's going on with them to, you know, if they are faking an injury, is it at some level, are they, silently raising their hand saying, I think I'm done with soccer. I don't, I don't like this anymore, or I don't like it at this level. I wish I could go back to this level. I can't, I'm miserable here. So I feel like the only way I can get out of it is if I fake an injury. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a, what I wish a lot of coaches would grasp is, yes, maybe it's about you if a kid's faking an injury, um, but, what could it do for them down the road, even if they are faking it? If somebody was like, I believe you, I believe, I believe that your knee hurts. I believe that your knee hurts. That's true. What, what do we need to do? Right. Rather than the, the being led by fear of, I, I have to turn up and be at this practice because my coach won't believe me or doesn't care. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know if that's, Right, so trying to let the kiddos know that. And we will be right back to our show. Fearless and Capable is a mentorship program specifically geared for women and girls working and participating in sport. 
A monthly membership allows you to access all of the resources, courses, workshop events, and team huddles that you can get in a month's time to support what you want to achieve in life. Our one-on-one mentoring services allows you to do a deep dive to meet with women across the industry that have gone through what you are going through and want to help and support you to achieve your ideals in your life and your career. You can check out more at fearlessandcapable.com and certainly follow us on all our social media channels at Fearless Capable. Now back to our show. And more often than not, it's going to be the first one of like this, the athlete is really injured, you know, like it's not going to, every athlete isn't going to be trying to get out of practice. So erring on the side of, I believe you is probably more beneficial than sitting there and not probably it is more beneficial than sitting there and being like, you're faking it, especially because that's, that's, what's going to continue to keep athletes training when they shouldn't be. Absolutely. And I think the advocacy piece was just where I was kind of going is a huge, a huge thing for <laughs> athletes. Cause as JC and I have talked a lot of times, coaches have this godlike persona, right? We have so much control over the environment and the experience the athletes will have. And when that gets out of control, because we don't do the self-reflections, we feel like everything is you know, at our own fault or, or whatever BS we're telling ourselves. And we don't look and go, you know what? I should probably check in with Jason and be like, how are things going? What are you hearing? Not that you have to tell me every kid's worry, but you hear things. Uh, you know, things that are going on with athletes because you have a different eye. You see them moving mechanically in ways that my mind hasn't been trained or given the knowledge to know about. And so you can give us information. You can see fatigue patterns. You can see those things that I just haven't. And I, I think that's such a big piece of what coaches miss is this, like come down from God to, you know, the team and thought process again with the staffing and the people you can bring in to understand more about what the athletes experiences are going to look like. But for an athlete, when you, you do have someone in a coaching role that acts like a God like figure and someone like you, Jason says, I will walk up to your coach with you. Oh my God, where were you for, you know, seven years of my youth career where I'm sitting there going, my back hurts, my back hurts, my back hurts. And, you know, my parents going, okay, chiropractor. I mean, they didn't know when it's not their fault. They just didn't have a clue and then get into college and find out it's a stress fracture and it's been there forever. But everyone being like, oh, it's probably because, I mean, not to get graphic, your boobs are bigger. So you carry a lot of weight on the front. That's probably why your back hurts or you're a little bit heavier than you should be. That's probably why your back hurts. Well, yeah, it probably contributed to the back, but it also contributed to all the pain I experienced when I was working out that no one did besides just tell me I was heavy. And, you know, to have someone go, let's, let's take a real look at what's going on with this kid. You know, like, let's really genuinely, would you come up and talk to the coach with Jason? Yeah. Oh my God. I would have taken so much of an advantage of that. And so I, I thank you for that piece because I think we need more people like that who can help advocate for athletes when they're trying to discover their voice, they actually have it. So we need to make them believe it, but to then take the action steps to advocate and learn to do that 
it does come from role modeling of other people. I, I genuinely believe that we see somebody else role model the, the self-advocacy and then we get a little bit more empowered to do it ourselves. Um, and so I think that's huge. And I, and I think, you know, again, thank you. Just thank you for being you. Cause I get to see it um, and witness it on a regular basis. Uh, and I will say Jason is one of those coaches that I enjoy, um, you know, it, and I say this, Jason, in no way, what I feel, but I see coaches go, could see is Jason eats up time at my training, right? It's a soccer practice. So Jason eats up training by doing his stuff. And in no way do I envision that. I'm like, my athletes have a session and look how many things they get to experience and feel to go to your leaderboard, they're getting that moment every time because they'll see some improvement with Jason or they'll see some improvement in their soccer game with me. Maybe they'll see no improvement at all. They just maintained and showed up today. And we're like, thank God you just showed up today to be with the group. Um, or, you know, they get a little bit of that in both or one environment and they feel better walking away from the session because they got to experience multiple things that said all of this is important to what you'll do at the next match. And I think that is so crucial to having other staff members like Jason who have this great demeanor to make it fun, to make it exciting. And then I hear these little technical elements and I'm like, again, where was somebody telling me, Candace, like your knee is bowing in. Here's how you make it instead of just, you don't look right. You know, like these things are so crucial to what it is. And, and I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I want to flip gears a little bit to your staff, because one of the things that I think is really cool about what I see on social media, what I know when I, when I see you in the gym, you're an advocate of females being in the sports performance coach roles and they're there and they're leading all types of athletes. They're in that, you know, they're, they're giving the examples, they're giving the workouts, they're showing the technique, they're correcting technique you know, they're creating things. And I know that was one of the ways we kind of had our entry point is like, who are women that could come into the space and you reaching out for internships? Why? Like, and, and you've touched on this a little bit, but why in the space that, you know, the industry you are in specifically, why is it so important to maybe not maybe, but have more females looking at that career pathway? Yeah, I think it, you know, not to take it so to a political point, but I'm just tired of old white men running the show, right? They, they make us all look bad. Um, and, and so it, it, it's true when, you know, I, my first coach that stayed with us for the longest, Brady, amazing. And then when it was time to go for my second coach, I, it, I told myself it has to be a female coach. I have to find a female because we train, we train so many female athletes that having someone in front of them, A, to model that, hey, this could be a career. If I like performance, I could actually do it as a job beyond college. Like, this is an opportunity. But also, like, I am fully open to having conversations on whatever level with females. But a female, a young female might not like coming up to me and being like, my cramps suck, right? Whereas they might be able to go up to Taylor or Laney and, and say that, have those conversations, right? And so it's just, at this point, it's just super important to me to almost have the ratio of, you know, who do we train? 
cool. I need twice as many of those coaches that look like those athletes for them to feel comfortable with. Right. Um, and I feel like I do a really good job of hiring people that are way smarter and way better than me at what, at what they do. Um, and so, you know, at this point, you know, part of it was the, the business evolution where, I need to step into more of like the business development role, the marketing, the, you know, doing all the taxes. Like I, I, it's this so boring and I hate it so much. And I would love to find a like business partner and be like, okay, this is you, you get this dumpster. I get to take the rest. Um, but what's been, been so amazing is, is having Lainey, having Taylor. Um, and then we've got our third female coach coming uh, the first week of June um, is they, they do such an amazing job. They relate so well with, with the athletes that I, at this point, I sit in my own gym and I stand back and, and, and I just admire and I let, I let them take the reins. And, you know, sometimes I could be in here like today. I don't even know if I coached anybody up more than five minutes of the, the hour and a half worth of sessions that we're here. Cause it's just like, they've got it. They're, they're empowered. I don't want to, I don't need to step in and, you know, be, be the mansplaining voice of no, 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 this is, this is it. I want them to, to um, be the leaders. And then, you know, we don't have a hashtag for boy dad, but like, I want my son to grow up and see that women are equals. And, and even better in, in most, in, in a lot of instances, um, you know, whether it's going to watch the current versus taking him to a sporting game, whether it's turning on softball on ESPN plus versus baseball, right? Like if he asks, he's like, is there a baseball game on? Cool. I'll turn it on, but I'm going to turn to softball first. Uh, you know, if, if there's men and women's soccer, I'm going to turn the women's soccer game on first. If he asks to watch uh, the boys play, cool. That's fine. Um, but I think just starting to get these boys that are training with us comfortable with like, there's a female in charge and damn, they're good at it. Right. And when Jason comes in, he's actually like worse than them. So I'd rather have a female in charge leading, leading this show. That's huge. That is huge. That's, this is all I gotta say. I love it. But I think, too, the career piece is really important. Uh, I think, you know, as as JC's embarking and, and a lot of others is we haven't, like, coaching is the most natural fit, right? When you're done participating, you can coach. And I'm like, there's so many other pathways that, I, one, I wish I had known about sooner. I love coaching, so I think I fell where I was supposed to fall but at the same time, you know, looking at JC, who's done so much for sports just in, you know, the small years that she had, um, you know, what what about JC to you when you look at different environments that have um, females in leadership roles that maybe you didn't realize, you know, having a gym like this with four female or three, as he said, you know, coming in, um, leading in a sports performance, what do you think that tells young athletes from your point of view, JC? I think it just shows that you can, that, that can be you. 
I mean, I totally relate to the piece of having someone where you feel comfortable. I think that it's natural for, first of all, it's natural for a 21 year old to feel uncomfortable to go to a grown man and be like, hey, my period hurts or whatever, my cramps. So it's completely natural for, you know, an 11, 12 year old to be like, what the hell? I don't want to even, I, I can't even have this conversation, you know? So I think that I totally relate to that. Um, but I think that having women that show that that can be you someday is massive. And so I commend you on that because like in my eyes, like that's so cool. Like I'm sitting there like that is so cool. And I love it so much. And I was just smiling because I think you're doing everything 100% the way that I think things should be done. Like, it's just so cool to see that you are supporting these women and then showing the young male athletes like, hey, you can take commands or whatever, not commands, but like you can learn from a woman and mm -hmm. she's going to teach you just as well as a man is and sometimes even better. And there's nothing different. And, you know, I think like one of the big things is like, we have more women in football, like helping, you know, coach football or, you know, be a train athletic trainer for football athletes, male athletes, like stuff like that is just really cool because it shows women that they can be that. So I, I just think that that is super cool. And I couldn't stop smiling because I think it's exciting. That's, that's what the future should be. Like that's, that's what I want to see everywhere because right now you're right. It is all too often old white men running the show everywhere and it's frustrating <laughs> it is it, being one it is it is <laughs> but i say this jason because i've said this to you a thousand times there are what sex is in the words that are ruminating with me as you said and there are old white men that have ruined it for us because you are exactly an ally that puts words to action you're not just saying you're going to empower you're not just saying you're going to look for female coaches you're doing the work and you're actually making it happen. And it is having the impact that you knew it would and it continues to have. And so though you aren't that old, but you will be an old white man, I think that's the part to remember is there are amazing old white men that do a lot of good work and you are one of them. And you put it, you, you put it to action uh, every day. And that's something from me to you, like it's, I know, and I've told you to stop calling yourself the old white man, but you are, you're going to be making this lasting impact that I hope, you know, my kids have the, just the overall experience to know that men and women can be anywhere they want to be. And you're helping that on a daily basis. So thank you. I, I've said it a thousand times to you. You're one of the, the good old white men. And we need to remember that there are. are good old white men out there. So sometimes hard to find, um, yeah. but there are, I did want to ask if you got just a little bit more time, Jason, because yeah. I get this question a lot. How do you find female coaches? So Jason, how do you find female coaches? Oh man. So, uh, Taylor, right. First female coach. Mm -hmm. Um, luckily I was training a couple of her friends over COVID and I think she followed our Instagram to which point, anytime somebody follows us, I try to be like, how are we connected? Why is this person following us? Can, can we help in any way? What's going on? And so she followed us. I looked at her account saw that she was a trainer, um, saw that she played soccer, asked her friends like, Hey, like this friend of yours just followed us. I see that 
you know, she played soccer, but she's working at like this weight loss training gym. Like, do you think she would want to come do this? And they're like, well, we'll ask. Um, and so that, that's how it worked out with Taylor. Um, and then after I think six, eight months of Taylor being with us, her friend Lainey, who she had met at her internship after Iowa state, um, Taylor did the internship where Lainey was already working. She was moving from Lee summit over here, closer to us and reached out to Tay. It was like, is there, is there an opportunity? And, um, she came in and I, I didn't really need one another coach at that point. Um, but at this point I pretty much hire, like, if you have like hell yes energy, I'll figure it out. Right. Like I, I will, at this point in the business, I will take in less revenue and take on another expense. If you were like, hell yeah, you're an asset. Right. Um, and so that's how it was with Laney. Um, and then Mac, our coach coming down, um from Creighton I think how we're going to continue to find female coaches is I I believe she's followed us for a while on social media so when she was done with school she was done with you know her work in the performance department up there she just reached out and you know hey this is where I'm from this has been my background I'm interested in an internship opportunity or employment opportunity and same thing. I looked at the resume. I was like, hell yeah. Like if you even have half energy, like I'm going to, I'm going to hire you. Um, and so she came down and on a, the Friday before Easter and, you know, after about 30 minutes, I was like, okay, she's going to get hired. Um, <laughs> and so I think, you know, I, I've been lucky in a way, you know, especially with Taylor, just happening to start training two of her friends. I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever would have found a female coach if it wasn't for them too. Cause I had been on the lookout and, you know, type in performance training in Instagram locally and try to find hashtags of who might be posting that. It, it's just, it's all dudes everywhere. Um, I'd reach out to all my gym owner friends and, you know, the guys that own the gyms and be like, Hey, has, has a female came in and tried to work for you, but you just haven't had the space and that I could reach out to. And they're all like, no, no females ever come in. Um, and so, so it was hard. And so I think now it's perfect with, you know, starting with Taylor and then with Lane now highlighting them. I feel like that's how we're going to find more female coaches is the athletes and you know, future athletes, current athletes, future coaches, seeing the females in the role being like, Hey, I want to go work there too. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know how I would, how I would have found them. It says a lot that they feel comfortable, like reaching out to you. I mean, I think it says a lot about you as a person and the environment that you've created that they feel comfortable to say, Hey, you got any space? Because that is, I think that's huge. And you said yeah, super, you got lucky. Super I, lucky. Yeah. I think timing kind of though, Jason, is is a piece, but the fact that you trained two athletes who had a really positive experience, like it just like dudes talk about, hey, that's cool, or that's cool. I like that guy. He's my mate, or whatever, you know, however they phrase it. Girls are the same way. Women are the same way. We're like, 
that dude stay the heck away from or no he's cool he gets it he's an ally he's this he's that and you're like all right i will go work in that space with guys that will be phenomenal people and so i think yes there's a bit of timing that happens but i also think it's the the pure energy that you put forward that's so authentically you that now and I've tried to explain this so many times to male leaders of different organizations and groups. How do we find more females? And I'm like, listen, how are you treating the women you already have or the young athletes you have that are, you know, identify as female? Okay. How do you treat them? Because they're going to hear from somebody how you are. And then if they come in and they experience something that is positive, like they heard, then they're going to tell their friends. And that's how you get female coaches. Like that's genuinely, yes, there's not that many. The numbers are slim, but when you are authentic and real and true and genuine, y'all, they're going to start coming and saying, do you have a spot? Can I join? Like, it's absolutely true. So, well, we've taken up a lot of your time, Jason. Um, is there anything you want to say for the greater good, you know, where they can follow you, where they can find more information? We'll make sure all of that's linked up, but what, what are some ways if they want to hear about what you're doing, if they want to get trained, if they're in the KC area, or they're just wanting to say, Jason, you're, you're amazing. And I want you to know it. Um, and echoing what uh, JC and I have said today, where can they find you? Yeah. So Instagram is pretty much, I think the only social media we do at this point. Um, and it's just a period greater period you, um, we've got a website. It's just G R eight R U.com. Um, yeah, that's where we live and stay. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah. That more people need to do that. JC, uh, I, I am bummed that you're not and the NCAA is if I could do anything about it. Um, and I have my own opinion on the NCAA. That's a different podcast, a different time. Uh, but yeah. uh, for the work you have put in, I, I know you are proud of yourself. I want you to keep feeling that energy to, to have it. I know it was a, a rough year with some injuries and, and things like that. But I think everything you're doing to represent your sport, yourself, our mm-hmm. gender in sports is amazing. Um, and I hope, you know, the introduction between you two and this podcast alone is something that just continues to roll with energy and excitement. Uh, you know, maybe there needs to be an unbreakable female athlete t-shirt at AGY. I'm just going to throw it out there. You two sort it yes. out, but I feel like there <laughs> needs to be along that back wall of jerseys. There needs to be a, an unbreakable female athlete somewhere in that, um, in that display. But it is. It's it's good stuff that both of you are doing, and so um, I get. I just am excited to call you guys friends. That's where I'm at right now. Is I have friends, and you two are in that bucket, and I feel very lucky and fortunate. So, Jason, thank you for spending so much time with us. JC, yeah. you want to sign us off? Hey, thanks for listening to us chat. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Unbreakable and Fearless podcast. JC and I are working to make the conversations between coaches and players more productive and honest. We would love for you to subscribe to Unbreakable and Fearless wherever you find your podcast. Like what you hear today? Then share the show with your colleagues, friends, and family. Interested in learning more about JC? Visit www.unbreakablefemaleathlete.com. Want to check out what Candace is up to? 
then visit www.fearlessandcapable.com. More episodes to come, and until then, embrace the unbreakable and fearless spirit.